If we don't see family or people that we love struggling with an issue, it doesn't get to us. This is, this is a problem with racism and all these isms, right? If we don't see something or someone in that ism that we care for, it's hard for us to care about it. Have you ever found yourself driving through a part of a city that you've visited many times before, looking for your favorite restaurant or small shop you loved, and then finding that it's no longer there but has been replaced by a newer, hipper establishment? Or driving through the usual places and saying to yourself, oh, that's new. Over time, you start to see a couple more changes, and then years pass, and a part of town that was once so familiar to you has dramatically changed. Many welcome this change. For some cities, it means a boost in the economy, attracting more visitors and reviving a part of the city that wasn't thriving before. Development is usually followed by price increases that many who are already living in these areas can't afford. It forces these people out of that area, pushing them out of a place they've called home for a long time. This is called gentrification. On this episode of Latin Equis, we speak with Brenda Banda, who plays Norma on Hentified, a show on Netflix that helps viewers see just what gentrification can look like for many families. Hola, yo soy Andrea Márquez, and this is Latin Equis, a show brought to you by La Red Hispana for the new generation of Latinx. We want to go beyond listening. We're ready to speak up. So join me in conversation every week as I meet Latinx from all over de diferentes colores y sabores. As you know, a podcast is a journey, and I would love for you to follow this one. So join our community on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Latinx and reach out. I'd love to hear from you. I am Brenda Banda, and um, I'm an actress. I am a director. I have written plays, and um, I also have produced theater in Los Angeles. When I was four years old, uh, for whatever reason, I was born here, and then we ended up going back to Mexico. And I remember this distinctly. There's different moments in my young life where I'm like, huh, even that early, you know what you want to do. So I was four years old, and, um, you know, in Mexico and here, our family, we watch a lot of novelas, right? So there was a novela called... Or something like that. And Lucia Mendes and Yuri were in it. I knew there were singers because they used to go, they used to be on Siempre en Domingo. Yeah, this is old school. And, um, and I would go outside. <laughs> Your mom probably knows. I would yeah. go outside and um, I would get on this little mountain of tierra that we had. Like we had this little um, mound of dirt and rocks. I would get on there and I would pretend like I was singing to like thousands, right? Four years old. Um, so I, early on, I knew I wanted to be a performer. Actually, my first dream was to be a singer. Then I remember the moment that acting opened up to me. I was, uh, I think I went to Long Beach, a performing arts center for a field trip with my class. I sat there. I think we were watching Peter Pan. I don't know if it was Peter Pan. I just remember I was in the seat. The curtain opened. The next thing in my image, in my mind that I remember, is a maid chasing a fluffy white dog. And that image... I remember, I know I didn't stand up in my seat, but it was as if I stood up in my seat, time stood still, and I said, that's what I'm going to do. I don't know what that was. And it was a freaking dog, okay? It was a dog, and there was a maid running around. And I just said, time stood still, and I said, I'm going to do that, whatever that is. Brenda Banda is an actor, award-winning director, award-winning playwright, and teaching artist. She's also the co-founder of Urban Theater Movement a multicultural collective of artists dedicated to producing original and published work. More recently, you can see her as Norma on Hentified, a bilingual dramedy on Netflix that centers around hardworking immigrant families threatened by gentrification in an East L.A. neighborhood. 
This is Brenda's first big role, and I've got to say, I couldn't imagine anyone else playing Norma. Claro que lo haces por el amor al arte. Claro. But there's this one moment where you're like, I've made it. And it's and it doesn't have to be mean like you've made it big and you're this no no no, but like I've made it in the sense of I I feel like a true artist right now. Yeah. This is what I'm Absolutely. Meant to be doing. I assume I've had many of those little in, in, in a very minuscule way where, you know, some etapas are like these moments of like, I said I wanted to do this and I'm doing it. And so you, you know, you you gather enough of those. But eventually um that moment that you're speaking of is this. Like when I when I got this role. You know, this is my debut. This is my breaking in role. This is, it, again, I'm very visual in my mind when these things happen. And I felt the moment, like when I got cast, I thought like there, I was, I thought I was looking upon this grand mansion that had a moat and there was alligators. I could never get there. I was like, I'm never going to get there. And all of a sudden they're like, you got the part. And I'm sitting at this gigantic castle and I'm like, they left the door cracked open. If you look at Brenda's Instagram at Brenda underscore Banda underscore BB, you can see how passionate she is about her Latinidad. And being from Mexico, you hear it in the way she speaks, the way she moves so naturally on screen, llena de color y sabor mexicano. More importantly, you can tell that she's unapologetically enjoying every part of her journey. Life is so beautiful, like it's challenging, but then you're like, what a journey, what a story. Like if there were aliens or whoever's watching out there, the, the story of Earthlings is like, what a drama, and a, a dramedy. It's a classic dramedy. <laughs> you know, early on when I attempted to be an actress in Hollywood and uh, was going on on auditions and even outside theater auditions, I mean, there was only the chola role. There was the maid and I got two options. I could be Italian maid or Mexican or Latina or, or your regular immigrant mom, you know, which are all fantastic roles and there are real people in our, in our society but it was never written with dignity. You know, you were a B character, you know what I'm saying? So um, I felt very disillusioned by that, you know? And these rooms were very cold, as opposed to when I walked into the room for Hentified for the callback with all the producers in there, I was like, oh, my hood, my hood is in here. I felt so at home. And, um, and I thought, man, this, is must, this must be what other people feel that are not Latinos when they walk into a room. It's not foreign, it's not cold. Those were my lemons and my lemonade was to produce work for, for those people who felt the world was cold to them, that they were not included, which is, which I, which is why I started Urban Theater Movement with um, my partner, because um, I saw a need. I, I, you know, I, felt, I felt that a space needed to happen and I felt like, honestly, it was like, I wanna see my friends succeed. I had a bunch of college friends that were actors and I just, I was like, man, you know what? We don't need to be auditioning. We don't need to be going out there and asking people to put us in their stuff. Like, I, we're going to produce our own things. We're going to put our friends up. And, um, and that was the idea behind it. So anybody listening, at least any young people too, you know, whenever you see challenges and whatnot, man, maybe you're just being challenged to do your own thing and choose a new avenue because um, it helped me a lot. Being in this company, and I know others too, it helped me. I learned a lot there. We struggled a lot. You know, there was a lot of struggling, but you learn a lot about yourself. So being Latina, that's what it did. It made me go, oh, oh, the door's not cracking yet. Let me go create a table over here for myself and for other people. And uh, now that I've come back, I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> hey guys, thank you for supporting Latinx. Our listeners grow every day and I couldn't be any more excited. Make sure to download to stay up to date with our weekly episodes.
You can also learn more and visit us on our website at wearelatinx.com. More than half of my family doesn't look like me. And yeah. they have to go through other difficulties that I never had to go through. And being a minority, I think it's um, nasi in la frontera. That to me, we're all Latinos, everyone in the border. So you're sheltered in a way. You don't feel out of place. It's right. not until you leave the border that you're like, oh my God, people are, they think it's weird that I'm a Mexican and I look like this. Why? <laughs> like we're normal, sabes? And right. what I was realizing was I'm part of this special group of people that I think I took for granted because I am from the border. We're the ones who show you how to see the world from a different different perspective. We're we're powerhouses and we're creating these Bella, la industria de la música, como hemos cambiado. De hecho, gente fight. One of the things I loved the most of the episodes I watched was the music. It's, it's nice, music. yeah. How they incorporate who we are and, and they're showing it, but not in a like stereotypical way. They're bringing out and they're flourishing the beauty of our own cultures. Absolutely. Same thing with Vida. When I watched all the Vida episodes, I was like, man, they have a great soundtrack. It's just music just it naturally, you know, puts you in that state of mind, that frequency. You're in, and you hear a song that you grew up with and immediately you know what's being portrayed or what you're trying, what the uh, producers or the directors are trying to portray in the story. So I'm with you with that. Yeah, I love the music too. Gentified's central topic is gentrification. But as you watch the show, you also realize that it is about more than just that. The characters come alive as you see them comfortable and familiar in their Latinx roots. It's about family, friendships, knowing that there is more than one side to every story, and community. Watching the show, I felt a deeply personal connection to it and to the characters. As a border child, I almost felt guilty knowing that there are two sides of me, as there are for some of the characters. While you want your roots and family to remain, you also want to keep moving forward. It's not something easy to deal with. Gentrified is a show about um, a family and uh, who has a business. And in Boyle Heights, they're going through gentrification. It's going through gentrification, but also gentrification, which means when the same people, which here is the Latino people of the neighborhood, are also, in a way, in quotations, you know, might be selling out or helping in, you know, the um, gentrification, you know? So in the term of saying, oh, gentrification is when rich white folk come in or rich, rich non-people of color come in or rich people of color, right? Here it's saying, no, specifically, like, how are we, it's asking us how are we are responsible for, for that. One quote that I remember just the other day, I was like, wow. JJ's character, the cousin, uh, the Cholito cousin says at one point to Jessica, if it's between us and them, I choose us because, you know, they're trying to help themselves survive during this gentrification. And I thought, what a great line of defense um, when you're being judged that you are causing the same gentrification to your, to your neighborhood. Um, so it's not preachy. It's, it's kind of putting it out there. Like, let's really think about this. If we don't see family or people that we love struggling with an issue, it doesn't get to us. This is, this is a problem with racism and all these isms, right? If we don't see something or someone in that ism that we care for, it's hard for us to care about it. 
So what I love about this show is that you immediately, like you said you earlier, you know, you see all of your family members. You see the tia, your mom, you see the, your abuelo, you see the cousins, you see the emo people in your family, you know, you see the young people, the millennials. So immediately you go, this is so-and-so, that's so-and-so, oh, this is us. So now you care about us. And I've heard this from people who are not necessarily people of color who've watched it and said, I care, like I relate. And they're so lovable, these characters that I care. So tell us about your character. Well, Norma, man, when I auditioned for Norma, I was like, I remember telling my friend who was helping me with the audition because it was a self-tape. I was like, how awesome would it be for me to play this character? Can you imagine? I'm like, oh, going to work and I get paid to play Norma. I remember saying that to him. She's so fun. She's, and she's a staple. Everybody knows a Norma. Uh, she, is, she is, you know, in everybody's family. You go to any, any quinceañera, any boda, Norma is there. And what I love about her, she's instantly, uh, you know, an icon in our, in, our, in our Latinidad. Somebody said this to me and I thought, that's so beautiful. That she's kind of the bridge between the older generation and the newer generation. Um, due to her age, you know, and, um, and also between, you know, the non-speakers and, the, and uh, the, the, the people who speak mostly Spanish and the people who don't in the community. And also she's older queer, right? We have the newer queer and she's older queer. So I think that was very smart. A friend of mine told me that. And I think that um, I love to think about her that way. And she's also the comic relief. A 2019 study from the National Community Reinvestment Coalition found that only seven cities accounted for nearly half of the national gentrification. Those are New York City, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Baltimore, San Diego, and Chicago. Washington, D.C. has the highest percentage of gentrified neighborhoods. More than 20,000 people were displaced in 2013, and that number has continued to rise. Even while this is occurring, there's a debate of whether to call it gentrification or not. The term was first used in 1963 by Ruth Glass, a British sociologist. Glass described it as working-class quarters being invaded by the middle class until all, or most, of working-class occupiers are displaced and the whole social character of the district is changed. Thinking of gentified, I pictured all the color, food, and familiar warmth gone. But some question the word displacement as part of the definition. The CDC defines gentrification as a transformation of neighborhoods from low to high value. That's a more simplified way of looking at it that fails to consider everything that occurs through this change of value. ¿Ves la vida diferente de alguna manera? It made me realize that it's a very complicated issue. I can see on one end people saying, well, you know, I have the money and I have the opportunity and why, why not? Why not uh, buy something, you know, that I can buy at very low cost and make a business and make money? Or why can't I, who has money, buy, you know, a house that I can't get anywhere else at a very, you know, low rate? You know, when you put that into perspective, that sentence alone, you go, yeah, why not? If you have the money, right? And then there's the other end. It's like the other person who says, why am I being kicked out of my apartment because this other person who has the money, you know, and my landlord wants to kick me out. Um, why do I have to suffer? I'm the person who can't afford, you know what I mean? Where do I go? This person who's trying to get benefits for their money, they're not necessarily evil, but it is causing people to be displaced, right? And I cannot help the, to 
equate this with colonialism, you know, like we're here now, whoever these we are, and um, you have to go. The place that you called home for so long is no longer yours because I have the money, which is the power. And being in a capitalist country, you know, money talks. Neighborhood expansion happens because there is a certain demand for it. And now millennials are drawn to urban areas even more. The overall well-being of a neighborhood or area center around these changes. Improving a neighborhood isn't necessarily a bad thing. The question is, can changes be made without displacing those who are already there? Perhaps it's through diverse housing options or slowing the process of change so that people have a chance to adapt. Maybe it's helping people who are displaced find alternatives. But the conversation needs to go deeper than that. It's also about how race and class come into play as underlying issues that lead to gentrification. I, I just have dreams of like, and I'm in a hurry, honey. I'm not even, I'm not even gonna joke with people that I'm like, well, 10 years. I'm like, now, 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 because, you know, I just want my mom, and I am first generation, you know, my parents are immigrants too. And I want to have these moments where I, you know, like I travel with my mom to, I don't know, somewhere where we got to shoot or, you know, I get nominated for something or I win an award. And, you know, I just recently saw that um, Jenny Rivera got an Imagen Award and I didn't know that. And uh, I'm like, why don't we know this enough? Why, why, why aren't these awards as important as like a Golden Globe or like a, or like a you know, a, um, Oscar? I want my mom to be in the audience one day soon and me getting an award and just being like oh my god this makes me <laughs> emotional just being like you know what everything that you suffered here it is because man like our parents and especially our mothers my god the things that they have to go through to get here you know like my mom came here at 16 and i know part of her struggle i don't know everything and i can only imagine so it is really important for me to be like, this is because of you. <laughs> so I am in a hurry. I'm not even going to lie. I want all the awards, all the checks, all the projects, and I want them now. <laughs> I think that's one of the most powerful motivators. If there's anything you would do it for, vale la pena que sea eso. Hey guys, thank you for listening. Make sure to support your communities. It doesn't matter what you choose to advocate for. Just go out there and help. Connect and inspire others to do the same. Download our podcast so you can stay up to date and join our community on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Latinikis. Reach out and let me know what's important to you. I'd love to hear what you have to say. <laughs>